check. And welcome to another episode of RX Radio. I am your host, Dr. Richard Waith, and I am accompanied by the wonderful Dr. Lori Ng. How's it going? It's going good. Thanks yeah. for having me. So this episode is going to be a fun one, and uh, we have a couple conversations that, or a couple topics that we're going to have a conversation about. And the first one is going to be about uh, dating. A, or, you know, being a couple uh, with another pharmacist. And then the other one is going to be about transitioning from being a community pharmacist over to being a hospital pharmacist. So we have some qualifications, I guess, to talk about the first topic because uh, <laughs> we are, in fact, engaged. We're well qualified. Yes. <laughs> so um, so that's why I'm, I'm excited to kind of talk through that, especially because, you know, we've heard about how, you know, there's a high percentage of like pharmacists, you know, marrying each other and that kind of thing. And and then you've also recently started a position at um, a per diem position at a hospital pharmacist, yeah. hospital pharmacy. Mm-hmm. So um, that's going to be exciting. So first, I'll give a little background as to how we met. We did meet in school. Um, we both went to the University of Florida, um, the Orlando campus. Woo-woo. Uh, we met there, which is which is crazy because we, we're actually both from Miami, but uh, we didn't meet until we got to Orlando in school. We actually went to the same undergrad college too at uh, Florida International, um, but we didn't meet until we got to school. And um, then, not only did we go to the same undergrad, not only did we go to the same pharmacy school, but we also uh, right out of right out of school got positions with the same pharmacy, which was Target. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then we went over to Publix. Yes, that's yes. true also. <laughs> also true. So, before we talk about what it's like now, let's talk about what did you think before in terms of being with someone that was in your same career field? So, at least when I was starting pharmacy school, I feel like I never thought that I would be interested in dating somebody who's in your same profession because you kind of think to yourself, oh, do I really want to come home and talk about work with this person? Probably not. Let me find somebody who who can enrich me in other ways and not continuing just pharmacy. I guess you'd never think that you'll find someone in a certain place at a certain time in your life, Mm -hmm. which we technically didn't start dating right away mm-hmm. so we it took friends. us it took us a while yeah. yeah um but i guess i didn't you opened my eyes <laughs> into realizing i could date and obviously now that we're engaged spend the rest of my life to, with another pharmacist yeah which is still i mean it's cool but it's also pretty crazy yeah so in case you were wondering uh, the way i felt about you know <laughs> being with someone in my same profession i was always against it like Growing up and against it, yeah, like why even, is such harsh words? 
words. Well, only because kind of similar to what you said, like, I just felt like, you know, I didn't want to like come home and, you know, deal with that kind of stuff. Like, you know, with other people that are in my same profession again after I got home outside of work. So even, which is crazy because even when I was in like undergrad, like so I was in fraternity and undergrad, like I didn't even like to like date people that were even within that, that kind of like. In Greek life? Yeah. In Greek life. Like I didn't even do that because I didn't want that like, you know, just constant Greek life everywhere. You know, like I just didn't want that, I guess. <laughs> right. Especially with like a significant other. Um, and then I just always envisioned myself not being with someone that was going to be in that same career field because of kind of, kind of the same thing you said, like, I just didn't want that, you know, continuing on at home. Yeah. And I mean, I guess I didn't even realize, I I guess when you're in school, of course, if you're single, you're, you're probably going to date around and, but you don't really realize like, oh, this is, this is the serious, this is going to be permanent. Yeah. This is permanent. (laughs) It just kind of happens. That's funny. (laughs) So, um, so now that, now that we have gone over the fact that, okay, we kind of both didn't really see this going this way, but it happened, right? (laughs) <laughs> you make it sound like a, uh, like a, a mistake. A mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so how did, how's it going now that it happened? I think it's, well, and I, I borderline feel like part of the reason why I didn't see myself dating another pharmacist was because I didn't understand the career. So, you know, when you're, when you're starting out pharmacy school, you, you kind of know what you're getting into, especially mm-hmm. if you've maybe volunteered or worked in a pharmacy before. But at the same time, once you're there and you're licensed and you're just working day in and day out, you kind of don't know what those home relationships relationships are going to be like. Mm-hmm. And so now that I can come home to you and vent about if something happens or get excited that something happens, you can kind of, you know what that's like because you are in the same profession. Yeah. So in that way, it really, really worked out because not that a significant other outside of the field wouldn't be supportive. I mean, you know, that's not the case, but I feel like I have that extra level of support from you yeah. because you know exactly what I'm going through. Yeah. What I, what I actually really enjoy about it is, and, and it, it was a complete surprise to me. One, I absolutely love it. Like I, I now would really recommend it. <laughs> Like, you know, for people that I'd recommend it to a friend. Yeah. I mean, not to say that like it won't work with someone that's obviously not in the career, but like I just it's it's a lot more. I would say convenient. I don't know if that's like a lack of like a bad word to use in this in the situation. But like it's just it's so cool to be able to like like you said, like come home and talk about something, but like not have to like explain like the scenario exactly, because like you can just say like a couple words like, yeah, I was at drop off zero refills. And, you know, she said no, you know, then all of a sudden we know exactly kind of what is going on instead of like having to like kind of explain, you know, well, what is drop off and where we're kind of where was that in the pharmacy, you know? So like there's so many things that you can you can talk about without having to explain and just and then not only that, you know, like exactly the feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, like not only is it are you not only are you talking about it and explaining the problem. But the person on the other end hearing this conversation knows exactly like how you feel like and can be like completely empathetic without saying a word as to like that situation, that problem. And I think about even now your your current position with, you know, your new company, you can 
if if you want to bounce an idea off, like you can bounce an idea off of me or talk about something and, you know, I can be there and be supportive of that. Yeah. Without, like you were saying, kind of having to explain step one, step two, step three, we can jump right to, to step seven. Yeah. <laughs> step seven. That's funny. It's a 12 step plan. Yeah. One other thing that I think was pretty cool is, um, so we were, it, it, it even got more crazy with us, right? Because... At some point, not only were we working for the same like company, but like we were able to like because of the way the systems work out, like Publix was very like their system is very open about, you know, workflow. So like other pharmacists can like verify and do things in other stores. So not only were we like a couple, obviously, we were able to like work, basically work on the same prescription or like if we needed like a friend or like, like, hey, I need you to take a look at this. You know, I can't read, you know, if that says you know, 20 or, you know, with food or something like, yeah, to be able to have that extra eyes on there that you can like, and not only extra eyes, but just eyes that you obviously trust so much because you're a a couple. Like, I think that was something that was pretty, pretty cool to have also. Well, I want to, I want to go back before, way before Publix, actually, when I was on rotations during my fourth year of school, I had a rotation at Target and it was you were you were floating at the time and you happened to floated to to float to the store that I was interning at. And so I actually got to work with you as my boss for a couple days. <laughs> and then I'm not even going to lie. And I, I, I'm not I didn't reveal this until just now, like right now that. I was like, ooh, what's he going to be like? Is it going to be weird? Is, <laughs> is he going to act weird? <laughs> oh, yeah, because we weren't we weren't uh, we weren't dating for that long. Right. Probably. Yeah, I think we were maybe dating for if it was the, probably I'm, I'm really doing the math like nine months. It okay. was nine months. That's pretty funny, actually. Yeah, we've never actually talked about this. So that's interesting that you bring that up right now. but but cool okay but but yeah so I mean that was kind of our very first experience like working together yeah and I don't know it's weird because we've always kind of followed each other like even in in uh, pharmacy school you you were part of the same fraternity and then we went to, to Target, like you said, and then to Publix. And it was just, it was like one of those crazy coincidences where we just wanted to be together like unconsciously. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> okay. It would have been okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, I, I would really highly recommend it. Like if, you know, people that are maybe not sure or like, or even if they try to actually avoid it, like it's pretty awesome actually, I think. Well, if, and it's one of those things, if it happens, it happens. Yeah. Like it's hard to to make a science about this because yeah. you it's, it really is one of those uncertain things. But I mean, even when we went to pharmacy school, all the couples that came out, like permanent couples that came out of pharmacy school is pretty crazy. Yeah. Like in my own class, off the top of my head, I can think of like three couples that came out of our very small class. Yeah. It's crazy. And I try, I actually tried to find like online, you know, if there was like proof or studies and stuff like that. But like, I didn't, I didn't really find anything legitimate, but there's a lot of people that say, you know, pharmacists are like the highest matched couple like in the industry or something like that but I, I didn't find anything legit but well, why does that sound familiar I feel like maybe you have found it in the past or somebody has found it in the past I don't know okay but um I don't can you think of any reasons like why that might be Maybe the nature of the job or the personality that it takes to be a pharmacist. I feel like on TV, if there was a pharmacist, you have kind of a lot of misconceptions. But really, you and I are 
are well matched in other ways other than pharmacy. I feel like we're both pretty enthusiastic and we try to be creative, you know, outside of like work. Yeah. So in those other ways we match. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> like why? Why do like like let's just say that it was true, right? Let's say like it, you know, we found something and there was some study that said, okay, it's, you know, it's proof that pharmacists are the best matched couple, you know, in in uh, in terms of healthcare and in an industry. Yeah. And most likely to get, you know, married, let's say. You know what? I, I don't even think I could speak to that because I'm not I'm not an I'm not, I'm not expert at relationships. <laughs> okay. I just happen to be in one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's. Well, what do you think though? Like, I, what would you say to that? I have no idea. Oh, like, I you know that you're not to an me it's just like, I'd hear that study and like someone would, like I'd see the headline and be like, that was a coincidence. Oh, <laughs> like, so you didn't even believe it? No, I, I don't. I mean, it, the numbers could be there, but I don't know for some reason. I I just. I don't see like maybe why with the exception with the only exception I can maybe think about is that maybe it's just one of those things like careers that like it's so highly like maybe it's because it's stable also like like the career itself like you don't have to for the most part I mean residencies are obviously on the rise now but you know if you look at med school right a lot of times like med students they have to go away to get for their residency or something like or you know, or they are ha- their residency is just so long and kind of it takes long to like mm-hmm. get, you know, to a point where you're going to be in a relationship or something like that. Or um, what I just think with pharmacy, like a lot of times you graduate and then and a, a lot of times people go to the pharmacies where, you know, where they're from and meet another person from that area. And then <laughs> they don't like as soon as they graduate, it's like life could and like usually start that's how it was in the past usually you know what i just thought of maybe part of it is because it's so niche like being a pharmacist is kind of like a niche community like you know pharmacy such a small world and Mm -hmm. then you end up spending so much time in this world especially four years of pharmacy school if you do a resident you know all the all the lifestyle things that come along with being a pharmacist like just in terms of being involved Mm -hmm. i'm wondering if you know, when you spend so much time with a person, are you destined to probably find someone you're well suited to be with? Yeah, maybe. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you don't think it's destiny or science? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> it's, all, it's all straight luck at this point. Yeah. Anyway, so let's let's move on to talking about. Let's start to talk about being a community pharmacist and going into the hospital. Okay. What what has that been like for you? Well, it's been such an interesting transition. It's opened my eyes to a whole new world of pharmacy, and that's something I'm super excited about. But I I mean, I knew going in that making that transition from community to a hospital setting was going to be super challenging. So I'm doing it now three years out of school. So it wasn't all the kind of clinical things that you're taught on rotations were not fresh in my mind and I kind of had to jog my memory and I'm really relying on my pharmacist at the hospital if I have questions that I can ask them or I can look it up and being proactive about that Um, but it's been really enlightening and I'm glad that I'm opening myself up in a new way professionally so that I can really expand my career in a different direction if I choose to, or, you know, have some options with where I want my life to go eventually. Yeah. And has it been like, like when you see stuff, like, does it like, Oh, I remember that. Like are, are, 
are things like coming to you like as you see them like you borderline remember like you know where you were in a class or something like or like you learned about something or how, how's yeah. like that recall been yeah sometimes so if you're and I definitely want to touch on like how they're how they're similar too but like I think about if you have a patient that's admitted with with HIV and you you see their regimen like I feel like in the community setting it's a little bit more difficult to control what prescriptions you're getting in and the speed at which you can help and make an intervention compared to with like within the hospital so I think that like to jog my memory like that and being able to really make a change right away in a patient's um, trajectory while they're, uh, they're while they're in the hospital is pretty cool. Yeah. How like so now you're not interacting with with patients, right? Like as well, at least at the, when you're at the hospital, you're not interacting with patients. Correct. OK. So who are the people that you like now interact? Because a lot of times like people when they start pharmacy, they do it because they're people, people, mm-hmm. you know, and um, so a lot of times a lot of people are scared to kind of lose that touch like with other people let's say so like who are you now interacting with yeah so a lot of the interactions have moved from you know my one or two techs and a whole bunch of patients to a whole bunch of other pharmacists and a whole bunch of techs and a whole bunch of nurses yeah and doctors i mean you interact <laughs> you interact police officers i know police officers well there's security yeah of course <laughs> um but i think that even though you don't have those patient to pa- that patient interaction, you have so many interactions with other professionals um, that it 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 kind of fills that void if you're a people person because you really still have to be a people person because at the end of the day, the pharmacy is providing a service to the hospital and you're going to get a lot of calls from you know if it's a doctor or a nurse they're wondering about this medication is it being prepared where if they can't find it um, but you really have to know how to interact with them in a professional manner much like you would with a patient so that you know you can adapt what you say to what what it is they're really asking and in a lot of ways working in a hospital as different as some of the medications are the actual work flow in some ways and and the interactions you have with your coworkers are very similar. Like you have to be a people person because you have to work in a team and it's a huge team. So how is the workflow different? Like we all know, or at least when I say we all know, like the community pharmacist knows, okay, a patient comes in, drops off the prescription, there's data entry. Um, and then, you know, the pharmacist verifies it possibly either before or after, depending on the, the community pharmacy you're with after the technician fills it and then it gets sold to the patient Mm -hmm. what is what is the workflow like now so because there's so many pharmacists there's a lot of each pharmacist is kind of assigned to do a certain type of part of the the workflow um a lot of the core aspects of it are very similar in that you get a prescription or an order for a patient and you have to verify it you verify the route that it's being taken you verify the the dosing if there's drug interactions if the patient I mean you have the added benefit of being able to see a patient's chart and labs so if there's a a kidney dysfunction you'd be able to adjust that per protocol or you can call the doctor to talk about um, changing the medication Um, but if you were to Let's say a doctor orders a medication for a patient. So the pharmacist verifies based on, you know, the things that I just said. And then you 
the, the nurse can request it, the medication to be filled in the main pharmacy, or will they have what's called a Pixis, which is kind of like an automated dispensing machine that's available on each floor and it has different types of medications in it, whether it's like blood pressure or antibiotics. Um, if it's used well or used often enough, it will be stored on that particular floor. So all you need to do is verify it. But if it's not stored in that machine, then it does have to come from the main pharmacy. And so that will then be prepared, you know, in unit dosing. So nothing is ever prepared for a 30 day supply because, you know, we hope the patient's able to get out and be healthy before that happens. And then once it's prepared, it's sent up to the floor and then the patient takes it. So let's how is it I never even knew this like and I never even paid attention you know when I was like on my rotations as to, in terms of like who was verifying a pill coming out of the Pixis machine but how is it verified like the, that like there, there was a specific pill in a machine that was given and that one was given to the patient so everything's based on barcodes so if if there's a medicine that's in the Pixis machine that a patient's supposed to get at two o'clock the nurse will go and get it from the machine, and then she'll have to scan both the machine and the, the patient's um, label, like the patient's um, wristband or identifier yeah. that they have to make sure that it's the right patient, the right medication, and at the right time. So if the medicine was supposed to be given at 2 o'clock, if it's 3.15, then they won't be able to give it. And so sometimes they'll have to readjust the time or they'll call the pharmacist to help them. Hey, how do I readjust this time? Can you do it for me kind of thing? Yeah. So we try to help out. So I'm sure, you know, that all changes depending on the system and like the hospital and pharmacy and things like oh, that. Oh, of course. But, yeah. But um, I don't know. It was just that was a random question. So recently I've been on this like kick of like, you know, especially if, if anyone's like actually seeing any of the things I've I've posted, like in terms of my personal articles that I've written. One of the last ones I wrote was talking about um, this thing called hashtag 10 to 2 and basically kind of talks about like uh, building a brand about something that you're passionate about, um, whether it be about like your career or about something completely unrelated. And I think that you have also embodied like kind of that that thinking in terms of like you like, yes, you love pharmacy. Obviously, it's your career and, and you're passionate about it. But like you're also super passionate about Disney and um, you've kind of taken that like mentality. Like also, I mean, I don't think you, you don't actually work like in those hours that I do per se, <laughs> but like you've actually taken the, you know, the, some free time that you have to do like something that you're also super passionate about, which is, which is crazy because you're a pharmacist. Right. And like, that's, this is like your career, but then like, you're also doing like this, whole other Disney thing on the side. Mm -hmm. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about what you're doing? So I have a, <laughs> I don't want to say it's a company. What would I call it? A media brand. Okay. <laughs> cool. If we can call it that. I have um, a channel called The Walt Daily. We do podcasts and which my co-host is actually the RX radio host. <laughs> Maybe you know him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we also do flash briefings, which are um, they're like two minute uh, segments on the Alexa device, although it is available on iTunes. Like I just put it on all the the media outlets that I put the podcast on. Um, and it's just about anything Disney. Like yeah. it could be anything. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. So, yes, I'm also on that podcast as well. And, um, you know, it's funny how it started because like, I'm not a Disney fan at all. 
um, in terms of like... you're not a Disney fan. You're not a Disney person. I'm not a Disney, like, fanatic. Like, I wasn't, like, as crazy as, like, you were with it. And um, so, you know, it kind of started off with the premise of the whole podcasting thing was, like, it was called Disney WTF. And it was basically you explaining to me, like, why this is all, like, a big deal. So, WTF, what's the fuss? It was what's the fuss. It wasn't Mm -hmm. the other WTF. So, but... That was, like, how it started, and then, like, now it's just turned into, like, this whole crazy thing, but um, but it's just crazy because, like, the reason I wanted to, like, talk about that here, and, like, I hope, you know, people can go look at, like, kind of how, like, bought in and, like, how invested she is in this, and it's because it's just something that she's also passionate about, and I just wanted to show others, like, we, we also recently had another um, guest on the podcast, the um, he was a pitching analyst in baseball, like, it's just crazy to, to think that, you know, people go to work and they come home and then they just all they're doing is like kind of thinking about going back to work again, possibly, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, trying to just fill in the void with, you know, things that aren't like that, that the most of meaningful things, I would say. Well, like even so, I think about something like that and we've been doing Disney WTF slash the Walt Daily for a little over a year now at the time of this recording and I know that before we even started podcasting about Disney, I I felt kind of lost insofar not not career wise, but I felt like I needed something else to channel my my like a hobby into, and I mean now it's a hobby, but it's also kind of transitioned into that like ten to two lifestyle, I guess. <laughs> Although, like Richie said, I don't really follow the ten to two because I usually get up like at four a.m. to go to the gym, so yeah. that's impossible to do. Um, but it's crazy once you find that passion and once you find something that you can really work towards, not necessarily improving, but adding to like contributing to so that other people can maybe enjoy it or get value from it that you, you don't even realize that you're not sleeping as much. You don't realize that you're not going to, Oh, that, that party that you were thinking or the club or what, you know, whatever, like what are the young kids are doing what nowadays? Are these, what are the children doing these days? <laughs> I don't know. But you don't even realize that the time passes and you don't do those other things. You kind of just like, this is your thing. And it's not for everybody like to take your days off, however limited they are, especially me nowadays, you know, and just put them all into, into something like Disney or whatever it may be, whatever you're passionate about. I mean, it's really, really rewarding to see the benefits that you get personally and hopefully you can provide to somebody else. So we always like to say at the end of our, our podcast, we hope this brought a little bit of magic to your day. When, when because she it's says, Disney. When she says we, it's her. Like, I don't say that. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so I think, you know, all super, you know, valid points, especially like, you know, the whole like kind of not feeling, you know, kind of about not really knowing what's going on in your life and just kind of feeling like you're just in this box of like going to work and then going home and, um, you know, like you said, like getting that other purpose or hobby or to, you know, fill the extra time outside of work. And um, I think it's, you know, I think it's something that people should really think about. And, um, you know, when I talk to people about, you know, they're asking me like for advice, uh, you know, about their careers and things like that. And, a lot of times I like to actually see like if, you know, pharmacy is like they're, you know, they'll do that 100% of the time or if there's something else. And I usually like to ask like, you know, if someone gave you $10 million, like what would you be doing with your spare time? Mm-hmm. You know, like and a lot of times whatever first comes to mind, 
whatever, like the first thing that comes to mind, like without really thinking about it is something that you should probably be focusing on doing like outside of, you know, work or even, you know, at work. I'm just yeah. kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> but, um, that's interesting. So, <laughs> <laughs> don't do that work. Guys. Don't not, do it at work. I'm not, not encouraging that. that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but so if anyone is interested in seeing kind of what she's doing, um, with her podcast and her media brand, it's at the Walt daily. Uh, that's the T H E W A L T daily D A I L Y. I can't spell well. I mean, you kidding. can't spell well, but <laughs> I need autocorrect. <laughs> anyway, you know, you, you get it. Go to the Walt daily on any sort of social media platform and you'll be able to find what she's doing. Yeah. And I enjoy doing it. So it's, it's fun for everyone. <laughs> I wouldn't listen to it. <laughs> only it's fun if you like Disney. Yeah. You, you, yeah. If you enjoy Disney, it'd be good. Actually, I take that back though. A lot of, a lot of people that aren't Disney fanatics, I think do listen and get value and, it's super informative, the stuff that you have on there, honestly. Like, I, I do catch myself, like, really interested in, like, what you're doing in terms of, like, you know, some of the flash briefings. It's super informative, so, um, and it's super well-produced. Like, her flash briefing is going to be a state. It's much better than ours is here on RX Radio because <laughs> I've kind of been slacking on that. But, like, her flash briefing is going to be, like, a staple of what the production for Alexa flash briefing is going to be like in the future. Like, and it's super early now. Where like you know a lot of cars don't even have flash briefings, but like the the like the moment it gets you know real mainstream and there's an Alexa in every room, in every office, in every pharmacy, in everyone's car, like it's all gonna be very similar, similarly produced to like the Walt Daly's flash briefing. Well, it's it's so funny when you mentioned about having Alexa or some sort of smart personal assistant like that in a in a car because I often catch myself, especially now that we've had the Alexa for, for a little while now, like in my car listening to a song and then wanting to ask it about a question, like a song, <laughs> like, Alexa, tell me about this. And I cannot ask. It's just me talking to myself yeah. and nobody answers. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Well... So any lasting advice for listeners about anything? Um, I think that I do have some advice for anybody who's back to pharmacy. So if you are a community pharmacist and you're looking to transition into the hospital setting, um, if to be successful there, you, you have to really be open-minded to learning, be humble, don't walk in thinking like, oh, this and that, I'm, I'm this type, I'm, you know, this type of pharmacist and I can do, I mean, you could do anything you want, of course, but still remember that you're there to constantly learn and always maintain professionalism to everyone, everyone on the professional team, the technicians, the doctors, the nurses, um, and ask questions, review them at the end of the day, and really put your heart into trying something new because at the end of the day, it's it's brand new. And you want to show that you're willing to be as successful as possible in a new setting. Nice. Well, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I don't want you to be stressing I know in my heart you'll be good You and my life is a blessing But follow your heart like you should Do not let anyone stop you And I will do anything for you I will do anything for you I will do anything, yeah I don't want you to be stressing 
good. You and my life is a blessing, but follow your heart like you should. Do not let anyone stop you, and I will do anything for you. I will do anything for you. Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed what you just listened to. Make sure to follow us on your favorite social media platforms. And however you're listening, whether it be on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or something else we didn't just mention, we'd appreciate you to subscribe, leave us a rating, and even drop us a comment and let us know what you think. And until next time, see you over the counter. Pharmacy.